Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we just take one last moment, one everyone hand lifted. Thank you, Lord. You are a good, good Father. We thank you for who you are in our lives this morning. Lord God, we thank you, Father, for the word this morning. God, let it penetrate into the hearts and souls, Lord, of every single person that's here. God, that we will, we will not stay the same. God, that we will keep progressing through life, growing in maturity. Lord God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your presence here this morning. Touch every single life. Open their hearts to receive your word. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Well, why don't you give the person a high five that you're sitting next to you and say, I'm so glad I'm sitting next to you. I'm so glad that we turned up to church this morning. If you're sitting by yourself, why don't you if turn around and if there's anyone sitting by themselves, I want you to say, come and sit with me. I don't want anyone sitting by themselves because if I was sitting by myself, I'd feel really lonely. Come on. We are a church that includes, aren't we? Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you, band. We love you. You are sensational. Why don't we get out, give our awesome worship band a hand? They get here early. Every Sunday, they practice, they set up, they make sure the sound is incredible so that you can walk in and be blessed. Amen. So we love our volunteers, our servants. Do you know what? I'm so glad that you turned up today. Who's had a great week? Who's had a tough week? It's all good. It'll turn around today. Do you know what? That's why we're in the house of God. Hey? And I'm going to be talking about that today and the importance um, of a lot of things in our world, but the importance of being in the house of God and that going right back to when God um, spoke his 10 commandments to the Israelites and there was a reason for the Sabbath. And I'm going to be talking about that today. And it's a day where we can get refreshed, we can get fired up because our life leaks through the week and stuff gets in, hey? It does. And I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I could not do my life without church, with God and the people of God. And I am the person I am today, church, it's because I made a decision at the age of 18 years old that I was just going to go forward with my life with God. I was going to be disciplined in my walk with Christ and I was going to be in the house of God. And I am the person I am today. And so who's ready for the word this morning? I'm excited. So what I want you to do, I want you to smile at me. I don't want any frowning faces, okay? I want you to say, Melissa, I'm going to help you preach this word. Because I tell you what, it helps us. Anyone that's up here, I'm just being honest and real. It's okay, babe. I'm getting a look here, but it's okay. The, the worst thing is, I know, when you stand up in front of people and you get someone looking at you like, you're boring me. What are you saying? I'm going to fall asleep. But when people smile, they're engaged. It helps us preach the Word of God. Hey, so let's open our hearts. And um, I'm going to go there this morning, which I'm excited. You know what? I felt uh, last week I was praying and I knew that I was going to be preaching this Sunday. And I felt God drop this Word in my heart today. And I wanted to go right back to the beginning, right back to the basics and preach on the Ten Commandments. Now, I'm not going to get through them all today, but I felt God just say, touch on the first four. So I want to unpackage that today and just explain a little bit about why God um, wrote the Ten Commandments and how we can live our lives now through Christ, that it's not just the old law, but it's, it can be alive and well in our lives today. Amen? Um, you know, and it's our guide to Christian living. And... Uh, 
And you know what? I was thinking about that so many people are moved by emotions and their situations and what feels good. That feels good, so I'm going to do it. Oh, you know, I'm feeling this way. I'll just flow with, with how I'm feeling. So many people don't live a life of principle and discipline. But I know that God calls us to not be moved by emo- our emotions, to not be moved by what feels good at the time or, or how I'm feeling or what's, what's the trend and what's the go, but to live a life of principle and discipline. But that is foreign to the world we live in today. I'm not living a life of principle and discipline. You don't have to tell me what to do. So... You know what? I want to encourage you this morning that we can make a decision that we can progress through life and not stay the same, not to be uh, stagnate in our life and in our Christian walk. And um, I, I read this quote, uh, which, which I'll read out this morning, which I love, and it says, being a believer demands constant progression, not perfection. Yeah. Now, okay, church, sorry to say, I am not perfect. We are not perfect. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect school. There is no perfect business. There is no perfect human being on this planet. And people have the, this expectation of the church, of leaders, of pastors, of, of you know leaders in our society today that they are perfect. But no, we live in a fallen world, don't we? But we are called to keep progressing through life, to keep growing in maturity. Amen. And um, I want to encourage you to strive to keep progressing in your life and not stay the same and stagnate. I was thinking about when you're studying for exams. Hey, church, you go back there. We're in the school days at high school, and you might have loved exams. You might have not. I hated the exams. But I made a decision to study. Because if I didn't study, then my grades wouldn't improve. I was like, Melissa, I want to keep improving. I want to keep progressing, hey? Because I want to I do well. I want to have good grades. It's like when you're training, you train harder to reach your PB, your personal best. And it's like, oh, this will do. No, I want to keep improving in my area of expertise. I want to hit some goals and targets. And so many people get lazy. I was thinking about children, for any school teachers in the house, um, that, you know, when they go to school and they learn to read and they're learning their little sight words and, um, you know, it's, it's a constant progression as a child. You keep learning, you keep growing, but something happens when you become an adult. Something happens to adults where it's like, I know it all. They get stagnate, they get lazy, they stop growing, they stop progressing. And, you know, I don't want to be a person like that. I don't know it all. I want to encourage you, be teachable. Don't have this this manner like, I know it all. You don't have to tell me what to do. I have made a decision as a young age. Doesn't matter who speaks into my world, young or old, I'm going to be open to be teachable because we can all learn something from someone. Amen. It's like, I have that attitude. I am going to be teachable. So I want to encourage you to keep progressing in your life. Be open, be teachable, and learn from people. Amen. I want to read this, Ephesians 4, 13, 1. It says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there uh, there by every wind of teaching and by cunning and craftiness, craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. In de, in, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in, in every respect the mature body of him who is in the head that is in Christ. Amen. And I love this scripture, Romans 12, 2. And I want you to write this down. And I want you to read over this each week. Don't, this is out of the message, um, uh, message Bible. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture 
that you fit into it without even thinking. So easily done, hey? Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I love that scripture. I love it. I want you to go home. I want you to read it and say, I am not going to be well-adjusted to the culture of this world. Come on. Amen. I'm going to fix my attention on Christ, who is my helper. John 5, loving God means keeping his commandments and his commandments are not a burden. You know, think about the 10 commandments. And when you just sort of say it, it's like, oh, they're rules. Oh, they're laws. Oh, what a burden. But God's word says keeping his commandments are not burdensome. They shouldn't be a burden because they're our guide to life. And, you know, I want to unpackage this um, and I want to go right back to, actually, I've just, how's that? It's all good. I'm going to keep going. Um, the fans just flipped my page, but it's all flowing. But I want to go back just really quickly to, um, to David. And David uh, was a man of God and he had a heart for God. And he says, oh, how I love your law. It is my a meditation all day. David studied and pondered God's law all day. He learned how to apply it to every situation in his life. This gave David wisdom, okay? And he said, you, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. And God's law showed David the way to go, a way of life. And he said, your lamp, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And in Psalm 19, which I'm going to read later in my message, God declares his prayer, his heart's desire for God in his life to live this out, to live the Ten Commandments out, and this was his guide for life. Now, the Ten Commandments, I'm just going to read through it. You might even know them. You might not go, hey, I don't even know the Ten Commandments. I'm going to read them out to you. It says, the first one, you shall have no gods before me. You shall not make idols. You shall not make the man, the name of the Lord God in vain. Remember the, uh, the Sabbath day to keep holy Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And you shall not convent. We live in a world, when I look at that, we live in a world that lives totally the opposite to that. And I wrote down, it's like the world today we live in, they worship other gods. We've made up other gods to worship, not the almighty God, not the creator. People have idols and obsessions in their world. You know, uh, swearing, cussing, slander, you know, just foul, foul language that pulls people down. We, we mistreat people. There's dis dishonor to, to their mother and father. There's violence. There's unfaithfulness. There's lying. It's totally the opposite to God's commandments and God's law and, and will for our life. And, you know, I um, here it says, in Romans 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. And it's written plainly. And so I want to unpackage that uh, today, the first four. I'm going to look at the first four commandments and go right back to the best recipe. I believe this is the best recipe for you and I to live. And it was written right back then. You know, when you go to bake a cake, okay, and you have, not that I bake a lot. Who loves baking? 
who's a good cook, yeah, no good, half of you. So you go to bake a cake, right? You have your ingredients, you have the recipe, you have your instructions. So you go through it bit by bit, you put the cake in the oven, you leave it for whatever, 40 minutes, however long the cake's going to take, it starts smelling good, you get it out, it's risen how it's meant to, you cut it up, it tastes amazing because you followed the instructions of the recipe. So you're going to get a beautiful cake, you're going to get a cake that smells amazing, you're going to get a cake that's moist, and it's just like, yep, I did well. It's looking good. But if you go think, I'm going to make a cake, oh, forget the recipe, forget the instructions, I'm just going to work it out myself, who knows, you're going to fail. Hey, come on, it's going to end up not rising, it's going to, it's going to burn, it's just not going to form, it's not going to smell good, it's not going to look good. Hey, so God gave us the, the Ten Commandments is the best recipe for our lives because he knew that it was going to help us. So now I want to go, sorry, lost my page. I want to just give you a little history of the Ten Commandments and why God wrote them. And it's here somewhere. There we go. Right, right back at the beginning. So, in the book of Exodus, this is when God wrote the Ten Commandments. And this is a history behind it for those who don't know why. And I wanted to unpackage it today. When God delivered Israel from Egypt, the Israelites traveled into the wilderness to the mountain where God had appeared to Moses in the burning bush on Mount Sinai. Through Moses, God told Israel that they were his people and God made a serious agreement, a covenant with the people of Israel right there. And God promised to give them the land because he loved them and they were to be with him always. And um, they promised to follow God only. Now, the reason why God wrote the Ten Commandments and gave these commandments to his people was to show them how to live in community with one another, how they could get on how they could live their best life. Now, God wanted Israel to show all the other people of all the world that he was the one true God. And by following his 10 commandments, his 10 laws, this is how he could do that. And God warned them that if they didn't follow, that, that he would take away the land and send them into exile. But even if that happened, he would not stop loving them and being their God. And you know, I was thinking about today, God has given us the Holy Spirit to be able to live our lives and to be able to follow his law and his commandments for our lives. You think about the Holy Spirit. You say, Melissa, how do I know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to me? It's a still, small voice that's whispering and it's that conviction inside that says and it guides you through. And I think about that voice in my life so many times that I've listened to that's guide me, help me make right decisions. And there's been stages in my life when I have ignored that voice and ended up making wrong decisions and a mess of my life. But the grace of God gets us through. We are not perfect, but are we called to keep progressing through life, keep growing in maturity, amen. So I wanna look at the first one. Um, package the first, the first four today. That's all we'll have time for. And the first one is um, in Exodus, if you wanna open up your Bible, I am the, God, the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall not have no other God before me. No other God. Now, like I said before, 
society today, people have made gods in their lives, different things. They worship different gods. But God says right to the beginning, you shall have no other God before me. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And you know, Jesus, when Jesus came, his great commandment is to, he said, to love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That word all, that's your whole being, not part of you, but all of you, that he is number one. He is the first person that you pursue because I know as you do, everything works. Amen? And you know, James talks about um, uh, in one, uh, James 1.17, he says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes from the Father and whom there is no variation or shadow of t- turning. I like that. No variation. You know, there's not, there's, you know, hasn't sort of cut it up. There's no shadow of turning that you follow me, that I am your God, that we read, we pray, we talk to him. He's the first person we call on in our time of trouble. And in Luke 22, it says, not my will, but yours be done. And you know what? I want to ask you these questions today. Have you really surrendered your will? He is your one true God. And he is he number one in your world. Now we can say it, but I just really felt to actually push this morning and say, is he my one true God? Is he my number one? Have I surrendered my will or partially? I want to encourage you today. Come on, I'm leaving you with some questions to go away with. Is that okay? And go, yeah, you know what? I need I need to work on these areas in my life. No, I need to get back into alignment. The second one is, you shall not make for uh, yourself a carved image, which is idols. That was his second commandment to his people. Any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord God, am a jealous God. Now, God told the Israelites to not create idols for themselves, okay? So to the Israelites, idols were things, things that they made from material, and they were things that they, they, there were idols in their world. They became priority, they became an obsession. Now, I know that God has created every single thing in this world for us to enjoy, There's nothing that he wants us not to enjoy. He wants us to enjoy, you know, the things that we love. He wants us to enjoy um, life that he's created. But I know when it becomes a priority and it becomes an obsession, it can become an idol. Now, I wanted just to share with you, now, you've got to not laugh, but I was thinking about when I was 12 or 13, well, everyone knows Kylie Minogue. Okay, so I confess, Kylie Minogue was a bit of a fan of mine. Who remembers um, Neighbours and Home and Away still on? I don't even think Neighbours is on. So I was, I confess, I was obsessed with Home and Away and Neighbours and Kylie Minogue. I had posters of her on my wall. Okay, I don't even know how my mum let me, but who remembers the songs, Locomotion and I Should Be So Lucky, all those songs. Anyway, back in the early 90s, anyone else was a Kylie Minogue fan? Yeah, a couple of you, yeah, awesome, okay, if you may be around the same age as me. But she was, I don't know, a favorite, okay, and, and, you know, you grow up and you have things that you like, but I remember I was obsessed with Kylie Minogue. I was obsessed with these TV shows, and I didn't know, but why I wanted to use that illustration is because they can become idols in our lives. 
they can become obsessions. They are distractions. And I was thinking about, you know, when people go to rock concerts, like a Justin Bieber concert, and there's like teenagers crying, and it's like, oh my gosh, there's a Bieber. You know, back to the Abba days, that's a, another generation. You know, you see footages of these ladies, they're screaming and they're crying as Abba comes on the stage. I'm like, oh my goodness, God, help these people. But, you know, because they become idols in their world, they become their God. But God says, don't have any idols in your world that you are not fixated on these things, that I am your God. Amen? Whatever you feed grows. Whatever you starve dies. You know, what is it in your world that you keep feeding that you know is not doing you any good? Uh-huh. What is it? I instantly, I know some of you are going, yep, that thing. It's become a bit of an idol in my world. But I want to encourage you today, as you starve that thing, it will die. Now, God wants us to enjoy life. I am in for fun, church. I am in for fun. I am not a boring Christian, a goody two-shoes. I am in for fun, but I have applied disciplines. I've applied these principles in my world, and the outworking of that is fruitfulness, is love, is peace, is contentment, is joy. And like I said before, we live in a world that lives totally the opposite to these laws. And you know what? We live in a messed up world because they're just going with how they feel. That feels good at the time, but it ends up to death. It ends up to darkness and brokenness. I want you to ask yourself, um, you know, are there things in my world that have become more important than God in my world? Is it occupying a lot of my space and has it taken up residence in my world? You know, when you move into a home, you take up residence in that home, don't you? I occupy that space. This is my home. What is it in your world today that you can think of? Yeah, Melissa, it has. It is occupying a lot of space in my world. And I know that it's not doing me good. What is it that you have to let go and get rid of? The third one is, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You know, it's funny when I was reading through this because it's like I was really studying it and going, yeah, I remember growing up. And my parents would say, you don't, you don't use the, the, um, God's name in vain. That's just really bad. I'm like, okay, all right, all right. You know, but I actually studied through this and unpackaged it a little bit. But you think of society today when people are, are damning the very name of our creator God, just, just cussing it, not even thinking about it. And he's the one who gave us life. He's the one who gave us breath. And he's, our, he's the creator of the heavens and the earth. And he's the one that died for our sins. You know, and when I look at this scripture, I want to encourage you, and I'm challenged by it as well, is watching what comes out of your mouth at times. Are the words kind? Are the words uplifting? Is it gossip? Is it slander? Is it putting down? Is it pulling others down? We are humans. We are sinful. We, we are, we're, we're sinful by nature. But we can make a decision to go, you know what? Every word that comes out of my mouth is going to be godly, is going to be uplifting. It's going to be encouraging. It's not going to be pulling down. When you find you're in a setting where a bit of gossip's going on, you make a decision. I'm not going to get caught up in that. You know, I remember growing up as a teenager, and that's what girls do. They gossip, but then people get into adulthood, and they still carry on those habits and those traits. But we can make a decision 
that we don't need to talk about things. We can make a decision to say less than more. Careful what comes out of my mouth. Is it going to uplift or is it going to pull down? You know, I remember when Noel was five and a half and I was driving him um, to school one day. He was just in his first year of school in prep. Um, and just out of the blue, as my Noah does, because he's such a deep thinker. He's very, very deep. And at times I'm like, wow, okay, what's, what's going on in that little head? But it's a beautiful trait. And I remember he said, Mummy, who, who made up swear words? Where did they come from? You know, the innocent little mind of a five-and-a-half-year-old. And then and there, I'm like, good question, Noah. And it made me just go, okay, you know, at school, it's all out there. He's hearing a lot of words now. And so in his little mind, he'd never heard these words, and he, he really wanted to go, Mummy, where did these words come from? And so we just had a little bit of a chat, and I had to be a bit creative, and, you know, so it was good. But I want to encourage you today, let's speak godly, encouraging, uplifting words. And I'm going to give you an assignment for the week, okay? Be mindful of what you say and what comes out of your mouth. Because people are watching. I remember at school, all my girlfriends would say, Melissa, you don't talk like everybody else. You don't gossip. You don't swear. You don't, you know, I wasn't perfect, okay? But they noticed it. And they looked up to me and respected me for it. They didn't say, oh, well, you're not like us, you know, like over here. They looked up to me and respected me because the way I spoke, it was always encouraging, it was always uplifting, and it wasn't like everybody else. That's your assignment for the week. Just think. Because I know the pressures of life as an adult and as a parent, and when you're on the road, and, oh, I didn't say that. Oh, my kids didn't hear that. Oh, they did. We need to be an example. Come on, I'm just being real here today. The fourth one is, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Now, six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that was in them and then he rested on the seventh day, which he called the Sabbath. Now, I think God deserved a rest, hey? He created the heavens and the earth, everything that we have pleasure with today. Now, I think he deserved a rest. Now, sometimes you think about it and go, oh my gosh, that is just, I can't even get my head around the understanding of God, what, what God did and what he created. He created the animals. He created the plants, the waters, the sea, the sky, the stars, the moon, the sun. Incredible. And then he said, on the seventh day, I will rest. That's why he created the Sabbath. For you and I, it's a day, a holy day. It's a sacred day. And, you know, our creator, which is God, knew that we would need a period of rest and worship every seven day, every seventh day. And this is the basic purpose of which the Sabbath was created for. Each of us tend to become overly absorbed in our daily cares and work and pleasures during the week and finding it hard to switch off, hey? And I know I am an offender of that. To actually switch off and rest because the wheels are still turning, hey, the clock keeps ticking. But God created the seventh day, which is our Sunday, a day of rest, a day to come into the house of God, a day to worship Him, a day to get fed, because it's a day, as a consecrated time, when we completely forget about our daily routine, our week, and draw closer to Him to be in the presence of God, because we need it, don't we? We need it, we get busy, we get distracted, but then we come into the house of God. So I want to encourage you, church, 
Make Sunday a priority in your world to be in the house of God, not just for me and Christian, but for your life. Because I know as you do, it will work so much better. And God created it for that reason, to come into his presence because the week goes, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and we get caught up in the busyness and he says, you need to come into my presence and to rest, to soak up my presence, to get fed with the word, food for the week. I know beautiful Christy would say, you know what, I need that food in my life. It's like I get refueled. Every time I come to church, I get refueled. It's so true. It's like you take your car to fill up with petrol because it runs dry and then you can't keep um, driving your car because it'll eventually break down, won't it? And you fill it up. It's like you come to church, you get filled up again. It's a sacred day. It's a holy day. It's the day that God created for you and I to rest in his presence. Amen? Come on. Is this speaking to some of you? The Ten Commandments are living, moving, and active laws. They're like the law of gravity. They are automatic. When you break them, it breaks you. It's true. When you break his commandments, it breaks you. When you live totally the opposite, you're broken. I love that. Corinthians 2, in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, Through God's spirit in us, we must fight the fight of faith, put down lustful human nature within us, and ultimately succeed in bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen? Come on. I don't think that deserves an amen. Amen. Let me read you this. Since World War II, life in our Western society has sped up. So true. We live in a crazy, fast-paced world. We are rushing to make more money. We are in a hurry to have no time to have any, um, to get anything we can get out of life. On every side, we are taught to compete with our neighbors for social honors and material advancement. We have come to literally crave material luxuries that were in some cases completely unknown just two or three generations ago. We are urged to uh, spend more than we make, to do more than, uh, than we, we, we ought. We owe it to ourselves putting over the ideas that we should be foolish not to buy a bigger car, eat at more expensive restaurants, or take longer or more, more costly trips. Now, a holiday is good. Come on, I'm all for holidays. The emphasis is on getting and on self. On an international scale, the, na the nations of the world fight and kill because of their same attitude of heart. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they come from your desires for pleasure, that war, in your members. You lust and do not have. You murder, convert, and, can, and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you ask not. And you know what? When Jesus came to the earth, and it, it talks about it, um, uh, and Isaiah prophesied it before Jesus came, and he said, when Jesus comes, he will exalt the law and make it honorable. And Christ came not to abol abolish the law, but to magnify it. Yeah, he came to magnify the law, the commandments that God first spoke right back in Exodus. And when Jesus was here on this earth, he lived a life that we can look to and say, I want to live my life like Christ. 
and we need to be encouraged by God's law, not like, oh my goodness, this is just like, oh, I have to follow these rules, but through God's grace, that these laws are to be a pattern of our lives, a pattern. We are commanded to grow in grace and knowledge in Jesus Christ, in 2 Peter, amen? Now, I want to read in closing uh, in Psalm 19. This was David's prayer to God over his life. And I was reading this, and it's, uh, and it's the message version. And I felt to read this, and I want to encourage you, let this be your prayer. Let this be your prayer and my prayer in our lives. How can a young man live a clean life? Be carefully reading the map of your world, of, of your word. I'm single-minded in pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs you've posted. I've banked your promise in the vault of my heart so I won't sin myself bankrupt. Be blessed, God. Train me in your ways of wise living. I'll transform to my lips all the counsel that comes from my mouth. I delight far more in what you tell me about living than in gathering a pile of riches. I ponder every morsel of wisdom from you. I attentively watch how you've done it. I relish everything you've told me of my life and I won't forget a word of it. Why don't you stand to your feet? this morning Psalm 119 that's nine, uh, verse 9 write that down let that be your prayer I love that scripture I'm single minded in pursuit for you Lord don't let me miss those road signs that you have posted it's like in life he's posted up little reminders in our life. Melissa, don't forget that. Keep on track. Keep that center of your world. And we need to be reminded because we get distracted, we get busy. And go through, have a look at the, the, the other six of the commandments. Let it come alive in your life. And I wanted to encourage you to live a life of principle. And let these commandments not be hard work or, oh, they're just laws and things I have to follow, but let it come alive each and every day of your life and that we can grow in maturity and knowledge. Amen? Amen. Why don't you lift your hands? God loves you. And I'm not just saying that because it's like, God loves you. No, He loves you. He wants the best for you. What is it, those things that I spoke out? I just threw out some questions for you to ponder on and think about. Yeah, Melissa, huh? yep, that spoke to me. Surrender all today. Let's magnify God's commandments in our lives because as you do, your life will work so much better. Let it become alive in you today. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, just come right now. Just come right now. Holy Spirit, God, that we can go right back to the basics, right back to when you wrote those commandments, 
Lord, let them become alive and active in our lives today. God, we thank you, Father. We put aside distractions. God, we put aside those things that are occupying our world, that are taking up space that are not doing us good, God. Things that have become idols in our world. God, there's some things, Lord, we need to change our way of speaking. We need to change our way of thinking, Lord God. Let every single word that comes out of our mouth be uplifting, to be be positive, to be life-giving, Lord God, not to pull down, not to destroy, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you give us a heart, Lord God, today of your spirit in our lives to live a clean, holy life that's pleasing for you. Lord, that we don't follow the patterns of this world, but God, we follow your patterns in our lives, Lord Jesus. God, I just pray that you fill your people up this morning. You ignite a new passion, Lord, in their lives. Lord, that they are living a life that's holy and pleasing to you. God, they surrender your lives. Amen. Amen. Why don't you lift your hands high here this morning if you declare a touch from heaven here this morning. Thank you, Lord. And just in closing, I want to sing that song we started off with, Washed Away. You know what? If there's things that you need washed away in life this morning. I want you to sing and you want to declare it as we finish. Amen. Thanks, Lozzie. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.